Good afternoon, everyone, um, or good evening, or good morning, wherever you are. Um, another episode of Shaky's Cricketing Journeys, and I'm very happy to be joined by a lifelong friend of mine um, and current Scotland captain, um, one of probably Scotland's greatest ever batsmen, um, county cricketer for Durham, uh, North Hants. I'm very happy to be joined by Kyle Kutzer and sorry, MBE as well, sir. Thank you, Kaz. What what an absolute pleasure this is to to come online and 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 have a chat with you. Um, granted, we we don't get the chance to see each other very often anymore, and um, it's always nice when I when I get to see see that smile of yours, Shaky. You're always a a smiley, um, positive looking person, and and um, yeah, I'm sure we'll have a bit of fun today. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. I appreciate you coming on. I believe it was your daughter Gabriella's birthday yesterday. Three years old. Um, so was it just yourself, Sarah, and the kids in the back garden? Yeah. So um, our eldest, uh, Louisa, she's six. So there was the the two girls and and my wife Sarah. So we were out out and about. The the sun shone yesterday. It was probably the warmest day of the summer so far. Or if we can class it summer yet. Um, and yeah, we had, a, we had a great day. The paddling pool came out, and the twenty trips in and out with warm buckets of water to try and take the sting off that icy cold water helped. Uh, but it was a good good day. Can't complain. Oh, I've been impressed. I've seen some of your videos uh, that you posted a couple of a week or so ago, where you were you've been doing quite a lot of uh, keeping fit in the garden. But your kids have been very much involved in the process. So uh, the the one that stuck with me in particular is you're on the trampoline um, and you're doing some weightlifting with the girls um, and they seem to be quite enjoying that so fair fair play and then I see you've been doing some catching practice and some some other bits and pieces um, excellent you know that's it's what we all need to see at, at times uh, such testing times and, and just while we're on that subject you know obviously we're all in lockdown at the moment um how's it how's it been for you and your family yeah uh look, I think the challenges are throughout for for everyone um not not just us, obviously. So um, it, there's been a couple of nice things that have come out. There's been a silver lining. Um, I, I've been able to spend the time with the kids, um, uh, being able to you know try and do some exercise to keep them active and to to keep me me going as well. Um, some of those videos, there's quite a lot edited out, but um, I think the one clip on the trampoline. Lean. I was I was trying to effectively bench press uh, Louisa, who was the older older daughter, um, and the other one had her foot on my head. Which yeah, uh, yeah, that's what I quite liked actually. Good honour. So so as much as I was trying to incorporate them, so they would do a little bit of exercise or whatever they could. Um, in the end, you can't get away from them because as soon as I start to try and do something in the house, they're either climbing on top of me, underneath me, kicking me in the head. So that that's them thinking, oh, this is great fun. While while Daddy's trying to exercise, they get to, to kick and hit. Well, they're probably and, well, not really hit, but you know, they're play. probably making up for a lot of lost time, I'd imagine, because you're always away on on tour for lengthy amounts of time. So this is, you know, speaking across the board to so many different fathers and and mothers that I've, I've, I've you know, the odd conversation that I've had, everybody seems to be saying the same thing. As much as this is. Very sad times um, we're living through, and people have been dying, and it's you know it's, it's awful. Families have been kind of united more, um, and it's great to hear that you've spent more time with your your two daughters, and I'm sure it'll be a time that you look back on and you and you cherish. Yeah, no, shaky. Like 
a lot of us would have would have felt the same you know actually being able to spend some time with the kids has been great um I'm, they're probably getting sick of me now actually well you're a big uh, kid yourself to be honest so you're you're made for you're made for spending time with the kids you're always you're always clowning around that's, yeah that's... Um, I, do, I, I do enjoy it um whether it be in a trampoline or out and about wherever we are i do i yeah i'm a big kid at heart but look there's one shaky there's one thing um out of all of this pandemic and everything with the virus is it, it, why why does it take something like this before people start communicating a lot better you know I, i've spoken to and i'm exactly the same i've spoken to my family far more in the last what six weeks than i have done in probably probably six months seven seven eight months you know mm -hmm. so um even even you know i know you're doing this now but you know we we keep in touch as much as we can but we really should keep in touch more but mm -hmm. you know life life drags you in in places that uh that you're sometimes too busy and and you have to so, like i said silver lining and it, it's almost taking taking a pandemic to make us not just um, speak a bit more but it's actually great it's great to be able to chat to your friends and and catch up the way you really should do well, I'm glad to hear it's had a. It's, you know, you're, you're getting the. You're, you're taking the positives out of what is a is a is a tough time and and say just just before we move into the the cricketing stuff, Sarah surviving having you around so much. She's not. Um, she's not. You know, put you in the in the shed yet. You're 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 living okay. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's clearly clearly one of the challenges, isn't it? You know, because I spend quite a lot of my time away. Sarah gets into a really I would say economical routine that works well. As soon as I come home, I tear the place apart, and she's just like, "What is going on?" They'd normally be in bed at this time. Yeah, and I can imagine the kid, the kid routine. You've just ruffled that up the wrong way. You know, they're they're getting sweeties late at night, or yeah. sitting on the sofa a bit too late, and she's just and they and they know daddy's home, so I'd imagine they just play that off against yeah, mum. So uh, you need to behave, mate, because you don't want to get on the wrong side of the missus. That's 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 not that's not. That's <laughs> well, you know, we all know who the boss is, don't we? That's, that's best to, definitely it, not me. It's best to keep it that way, mate. It's best <laughs> to keep it that way. So great to hear. Lovely to hear about the family and hear that you're, you know, you're having a having a really blessed time together um, at home. But I want to now talk about um, how we met each other. I mean, you are now 36 years old. I'll be 36 years old this year, so you've got a couple of couple of months on me. But I remember meeting you um, as a 11 or 12 year old. You would have been 12, 11, 13, both, but in that kind of area. Um, I think it was Loretto School, and you had arrived, and, and I'd be. It was my first ever time going along to a Scotland um, under 13 um, kind of camp academy kind of thing that they're bringing kind of the best crop together and um pete steindl was a coach uh and you had arrived with your mother megan i'd arrived with my mother asia and it was all talk was all that's kel kutzer that's kel kutzer over there that's kel kutzer and i'm going to be honest with you i was a young you know i fancied myself a bit as a you know i did i liked the challenge and i remember looking and thinking so what if it's Kyle Kutzer? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm, I'll, I'll see, I'll see how good this guy is when we get in the nets. I, you know, I'm just as good as he is. Um, and from that moment on, we became very good friends. Um, I always looked up to you. I always strived to compete with you as much as I could all through those kind of junior 
junior days, but I want to just touch touch on you, touch with you on on that time, like under thirteens, under fifteens, seventeens, nineteens, best time of your life. What what's your what's your best what's your what's your memories of those days? Um, I can I can vaguely remember that day that you you were mentioning. Uh, I think the fact that when we were younger, well, when I was younger, I, I didn't necessarily I. I knew who you were and I knew that you, you were a, a good player. And I always remember you sort of being the sort of challenge in terms of when you come to practice, Shaky's going to come at you. He always does. You know, he's quite aggressive. Uh, he wants to, he wants to beat you at everything that he does. And the other thing I remember about you is you always had shoes that made noises off the floor. That's the one thing I always remember of you, you your, your shoes. I don't know how you did it. Do you know what I think it was? I think it was the run up because remember I used to have that little, those little quick feet. I don't know if it was necessarily the shoes, but yeah, I used to get some good sound effects off the floor. For the listeners that don't know this, Kyle, you can definitely shed some light on this. I once upon a time was a left arm over the wicket bowler. Because people don't people doubt me big time now. They're like, you never bowled. Yeah, well, you were the bowler that everyone was, well, wanting to keep out, basically. You were the one that you ran in, you shaped the ball in, you bowled at decent pace for that, for that age. Um, and you're always you're always attacking the stumps, and um, the fact that you swung the ball in towards the right hander was was just too much for a lot of people um, uh, when we were growing up. And you know, you're a competitor; you're the type of person that every every captain wants on their side, and that's that's not any uh, any different in the game today. So um, yeah, we we had some we had some great times. Yeah, we we went all the way back to staying. You know, we used to stay in the school at. Um, uh, at Merkiston for those under 13 comps. We used to stay at Fetters as well. And there was plenty of shenanigans that went on, wasn't there? I remember oh, people well. soaked with water. And, so, I remember uh, a game, Kyle, because obviously at Merkiston you used to play pitch side by side. Um, and there was a game you were playing in a game on the, on the other pitch for the north. I was playing against the east. And I think, I, think, I think you got something like a seven for that day and I got six. And all you could just keep hearing was the celebrations of Kyle's got another wicket. I think you might have got a hat trick because obviously back then you were an outstanding. Out, I was an in-swinging bowler. You were a you were an out-swinging bowler. Um, but to think that back then, probably our bowling was like our most enjoyable part of of yeah. our cricket. I mean, you went on to be one of you know if not Scotland's most successful batsman of all time, county cricketer, and your bowling days probably were few few and far between. But back then you were you were an, you were a tear away quick. Yeah, well, let's let's just think about what you said there. The the fact that two of um, Scotland's well, we say leading batsmen over the years, Shaky. I'm going to class you in there because you were a successful player when you were playing. Thank for you very much. Thank you. Um, were bowlers really when we were growing up? Was is is that a bit frightening? Yeah, yeah, it's you know? weird. It's weird. Even, even even looking at Callum, he was he was certainly a bowler because he's a bowler. He when when I first saw Callum bat, I actually thought he, he couldn't. He didn't know which way to hold the bat. So uh, he's turned into one. Of, he's turned into possibly one of Scotland's finest ever ever players. He's leading ODI hundred maker, um, leading. I think he scored the most hundreds ever for Scotland as well. Um, but yeah, look, they, they were they were crazy days, and I remember that day you mentioned about Murky, because ultimately the West was probably going to play the North in the final of that under thirteen competition, mm-hmm. and every time a wicket went down, I'm pretty sure you guys got off the floor because. When we were playing south, they were they were about fifty for none, I reckon, before we took a wicket. And you had already been, you know, everyone knows when Shaky's playing because you can hear him from an absolute mile off. So <laughs> Nothing's changed. Celebration. Nothing's changed. 
so then it was back and forth. You'd get a wicket, we'd get a wicket, you'd get a wicket. And ultimately it was like, um, it was chaos. It was two, two crazy games going on at the same time. And did we not, did the, did the team not get picked after those, those yeah, so, in so, the shed? Yeah, so the team got picked. Pete Steindl picked the team. And then I think the rivalry kind of mellowed a little bit because from that moment on we became teammates, um, went to Ampleforth, uh, had, some, had some fantastic... I'll, I'll never forget a knock you played against Essex on the main ground at Ampleforth, uh, which was when one of the first times I really started... Up until then, I'd seen you play, but I'd never... Then, then not, not hadn't seen that that sheer class or that ability to, to set, you know, play, play the ball off your legs, pull, got all these great shots you've got, but you you, you hit a couple of sixes um, that day, and you and you, I mean, I was in awe of you watching you that day as a, as a kid, and it was kind of like put back in my box a little bit. The bloody hell, man, this guy is really, really good. <laughs> like I really need to, really, if I want to be as good as him, I need to up my up my game that bit more. But you know, great memories. I played under your captaincy then. Under 17 European Championships, we went to lights of Denmark. Um, that was a good trip. That, that was, was a good trip. That was an excellent trip. We got out to semantics, sneaking out the sneaking out, out the hostel. Of, out of all the things that has ever been thrown into people's beds and shenanigans that going on, jellyfish is certainly up there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some of the shit that we done. God, when you look <laughs> back, you know, I do look back at some of the pranks, Kyle, and I think to myself, oh, I can't believe I did that. You know, some of the stuff like breaking into Juddy's room in Canada. <laughs> and throwing a, throwing a bucket of water over him. That was pretending we were, me and Richie pretending we were Tony Judd. And you, get just, the key. you just shot Richie into that one, did you? Richie done. So, so when I threw the bucket, <laughs> when I threw the bucket over Tony Judd and I went to run out the room, Richie closed the door on me. My, <laughs> get the guy, he's meant, he was maybe with me in, in, in this, in this prank. He, and the fear I had on me, but Juddy did get me back because the, the next day he, he brought out a, he brought out a Gatorade bottle. And he filled it up with, um, oh, what's that? Wasabi, wasn't it? Wasabi, wasabi. And I was really thirsty, hot day in Canada, and I guzzled this, and the wasabi just hit me, and I collapsed, and he was just laughing, Juddy, just, <laughs> my, my, Michi, my, my, Michi, right. <laughs> just laughing his head off. But yeah, no, great, great times. I mean, I've even, I've even had times, I remember when I came to stay with you in Aberdeen, um, came, came down for the weekend, and we would just, Float around Aberdeen and have some have some good times. Shared some good times with both your brothers as well, Stuart and Sean. Yeah. Um, and then we then we went to the Under Nineteen World Cup together. That was kind of a really really great time. Um, what's your what's your memories of of New Zealand? What stands out for you in New Zealand? Oh, Ryan Nurse, maybe you'll remember Ryan. that. Right? <laughs> um. <laughs> but he wanted to use my my clipper on yeah. his beard, and I was uh, no no thanks, mate. He had some. Skin wasn't looking the best at that point. Um, that tour, oh, that was that. I think that started the love of New Zealand for me. Yeah, New Zealand, what amazing country! Um, first of all, we went to Tasmania first, didn't we? And I remember that was my first experience of that kind of, um, you know, time difference. And uh, Mike Hendrick and um, Willie Morton were busy trying to keep us awake, weren't they? At the That's dinner right. table, and guys were. Guys were almost falling asleep. Money, money fell asleep. His money fell asleep. His food, didn't he? Yeah. Me, yeah. Me, me, me and you were rooming. We're rooming together. Yeah. yeah. And I think Mike, oh, Mike Hedrick said, "Right, boys, you can go now." And <laughs> and and you did you not bick your head? Was that? Yeah, yeah. Was I bicked your head. I bicked my head. Uh, money bicked his head. Money looked 
<laughs> he just had this little peanut head. I remember we went across quite positive with with quite a quite a good cricket team. There's some good good players in that team. Um, but I do remember that you and and Money were probably a step ahead of where I certainly was, and I I probably say that probably in an element of toughness, possibly that um, you guys were just a little bit more streetwise, um, and you you were able to you know you both of you did all right and well considering in in that tournament. Considering we went for 400 plus on the first innings of the first game yeah, against yeah. the West Indies, um, you know that was that was an eye opener that day. You got. I, I looked at those scorecards recently. I was asked about this the other day, and um, that our game that we w- beat Kenya. I'm pretty sure it's Kenya. You got. You were 30 odd now. I think in that game. Uh, Moni, and a Moni, we put Moni, but Moni got put in at number three, and he got 60. That's um, right. And then we had games against well the West Indies game. We were pretty. De- I, I think I got maybe forty against the West Indies. Um, can, 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 can I just roll us back just a little bit there? Let's think about the qualifier going into to make it to that tournament, which wow. was a, a hard-fought tournament. It was cutthroat because only one team one team goes, and we played a um, a final. Well, the, the final of that tournament against Ireland, and and this is where I sort of you know I was like, wow the toughness that you had back then um, to, because I remember those Irish guys were walking past and then there were shoulder barges and on, yeah, on the, yeah, on the yeah, sweater, yeah. And on the, the thing water. was, we were, the thing was, we were young. I mean, I was only, I would only have been just turned 16. You would yeah. only have been 16. So we were actually the youngest. Um, and they had the likes of John Mooney, Niall O'Brien, William yeah. Porterfield. But me and you, we came together at the, at the right yeah. time. You had you must have twenty odd to finish. I'm a, I would have just been barely teens, but you I think you were coming in sort of five or six or something yeah. then, and I think I, I must have been seven or a bit further down the line. But that was a now that was the first time I went wow, that's this is sort of what the Irish boys are about. They're sort of in your face, they're aggressive, and and we we managed to withstand that in a day, and that was one of the best most satisfying victories I've probably I've probably ever had I, I remember that because we were we were under cosh then and yeah and pulled us through I, I I strongly think to this day I wouldn't have been able to do that you would have at that age I wasn't able oh, to. I appreciate 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 you saying that um yeah I think I think coming through in juniors I was kind of had this thing where I, I could score runs I, I, I could consistently score runs whereas I think at that point, you were more, you were just a freak talent that on your day, you would score. But I mean, where your game is, where your game has evolved and we'll come on to talk about, I mean, I've got your stats written down in front of me. They really, really excite me. Um, but I appreciate your kind words um, and it's, it's really nice of you to say because I mean, we shared some, some, really, some really special times. Unfortunately, I didn't get to go to another World Cup with you. Um, I obviously went to the YCs and I left and I think Mike Hendrick was a little bit upset with me but I'll always look back at this time and it was your father who potentially changed my my whole career Um, I'd come back from the YCs Mike Hendrick had kind of pushed me to the side and said you know you're not going to the World Cup Um, I wasn't behaving the best I was getting up to to no good in my personal life Um, and uh, I'll never forget it. I got a phone call one one afternoon um, from Pete, um, and he said to me, "What are you doing with yourself? And you know, you, you're a very good cricketer, and you shouldn't waste your talent. And 
why don't you go to South Africa with Kyle? And um, I'll give you support. I'll help you out where I can, you know. Uh, and you know that, you know, you look back at your, if, you, if your dad had not done that, who knows if I'd, if I'd went on to play for my country or achieve what I did. But we ended up going to South Africa together. Um, and I met a great lady out there who's obviously uh, still to this day somebody I, I'm very fond of, Karen Becker, um, who was uh, kind of a close friend of your dad's. And we stayed with Karen and, and our lovely daughter, Jeanette, who again, still someday I stay, stay in touch with. Um, we played for the Western Province Academy uh, and we played for Cape Town Cricket Club. And yeah, I just want to talk to you about that time. We shared a garage together. Yeah, we did. We did that. They were, they were one of the finest, uh, some of the finest cricketing memories. And look, we were training and we were, we were playing and, and we were also having a lot of fun too, weren't we? So um, and that, and that's you know that's something to point out that although you know you want to be focused and you want to train and you, you want to get better and you still got to enjoy your life life's for life's for living and and I think um, we certainly did that um, around then and and it was important to important to do that um, but it was also important when we were focusing on our game that we would we would train hard and and I felt we had a a pretty good balance in there you know he's probably ebbed and flowed a little bit at times. No, you, you you had you had a good balance i had um i was a little bit more i mean we had a we had a fallout i think it was midway through it was six months we were out there um, and we had a fallout because you were kind of questioning my dedication which was a fair fair assessment looking back now but at the time i was thinking get off my case kyle man stop annoying me <laughs> but you know you were you were very much a guy that will have fun when it's time to have fun or when it's time to train it's time to put the head down, it's time to put the head down. And there was maybe days where I couldn't be bothered and you got a bit yeah. peeved off with me and I, I didn't attend training a couple of times. Um, and I look back now and just think, you know, I wish I'd listened to you a little bit more back then, but you would have had every right to, to give me the, give me some grief. But yeah, we fell out a couple of times back then, but we, we always, we always found our, found our way back again. Of course we would shake you, like, you know, a little falling out from anyone. We have that with all of our mates over the times, don't we? So a little falling out's never, never anything to really hold a grudge about, you know. I think, you know, if you're going to in each other's space all the time, which, you know, we were um, effectively all the time, in the yeah. same room, then yeah. you're going to have little fallings out. I, I went across with, uh, with, with Ian Brand the year before. And mm -hmm. the same thing, like we stayed in the school in the, in the, and stayed in the same boarding house room and and same thing. You look. You need your own space every now and then. But it was class. It was, it was some. And was Fraser Watts not there? Yeah, Fraggle, Fraggle Fraggle came out and stayed some stayed a, a month or so with us as well. Um, Fraggle had a good good influence on me as well because he was a bit similar to yourself. He was probably a little bit even more into like you weren't yeah. that intense. You liked yeah. to have a lot of fun, you know. But yeah. you liked to train hard. But Fraggle was Fraggle <laughs> was like really intense. Like you, like shaky. We're going for a run today. I remember my birthday. Um, and I just couldn't be bothered doing anything. And Fraggle got me out of the house, took me down to the field, and we did laps of elbow. Yeah. He said, "Think how good you're going to feel shaking when this is done." It was like army stuff. Just get it done, shaking. Just get it done. Um, so Fraggle, Fraggle had a good, uh, good influence on me. But I mean, great memories. Bowling at the bowling in the Newlands nets at the likes of Graham Smith, Herschel Gibbs, Ashville Prince. Um, Still them off back in those I days. I was getting a couple of them back. I was getting a couple of them back there, and that was probably when it was just. That was when the bowling days were just starting to starting to come to an end, unfortunately. But yeah, I had some had some good memories in those those nets. So yeah, that's the that's just to give the, the listeners an idea of how much we how far we go back 
and we practically spent most of our childhood together. Um, but then we kind of parted ways, probably not parted ways as in friendship, but you know, your journey takes you down a different path. And at the age of 17, um, you signed for Durham. Um, I went to London with the MCC Young Cricketers. Um, so yeah, I want to talk to you about what it was like as a 17-year-old going to Durham. You were obviously tipped for you know, big, big, big expectations on your shoulders. I was, I was terrified, to be honest. Um, I, I, for two winters previous to that, I think, I went down to this cricket school that was run out of Finn Doon um, College in Sacriston. Um, and Sacriston um, is a nice, nice part. Some, some rough and ready people, I would say, people who are, are already grown up quite a lot compared to maybe myself, who was quite, I guess, um, a fortunate upbringing. And, um, and this is where that steeliness and hardness maybe came to me a bit later, I think, um, because I was, you know, uh, given things growing up as a youngster, I was made to work for them, but uh, I grew up in quite a fortunate household. And um, when I did go down to Durham, I was terrified. I was turning up to guys who are, you know, the Northeast people, really, really friendly people, but uh, they, they, you know, quite intimidating, I thought. You know, I couldn't understand what they're saying to start off with. And I turned up at Durham. I turned up at the ground, and there was a first-class game on. Durham were playing Glamorgan. Matt Maynard was batting. And about the fifth or sixth ball that I watched, because I was too scared to go along to the dressing room, because I didn't want to walk in and, like, should I go there or shouldn't I? I was like... And I think, now what was I doing? But I was, I was terrified. I caught the train down a mile and I got off. And Steve Harmson hit Matt Maynard on, on the head. And I'm pretty sure he fell onto his stumps. And I just, I remember thinking right there, oh my God, do I really want to do this? You see how fast he's bowling. <laughs> um, so so and then I did make my way up and I was like a mute, honestly. Like I was, didn't know who anyone was really. I, I knew a few of the senior players because of international cricket captain, that game we all, I'm sure we've all played it a little bit, but mm-hmm. and I was a bit starstruck seeing the likes of Neil Colleen and Harmison and the Pratts and the, um, uh, you know, Frankenstein. Frankenstein, Brown, all these people. So that was quite, quite a frightening time. But, and, and I, I don't think I maybe realized, you know, like you say, I was an exciting young player and I was going down there. I don't think that maybe I felt the expectation that was maybe on me that, which maybe, maybe helped. I don't know whether that expectation was there. Um, I was just a young kid. I like cricket and I got asked to come down. So I was, I was going to do it kind of one thing kind of just led to another without, obviously I want to do well, but I never, I never like was like, I'm going to be a cricketer. It just kind of led to another thing. And I love playing the game and um, I found myself, I found myself there amongst some people that I was absolutely terrified of. Yeah. I mean, that I can see why, why you would be quite intimidated because I mean, you had the likes of Michael Divanutu as well. Um, yeah. big and, and, and a big age difference between the likes of these guys and, and yourself and you're coming from Scotland. That was always a challenge as well when you're coming from Scotland. Yeah. It, you always felt they didn't quite respect you. You had to really earn earn the respect when you went down there. Um, is it safe to say it maybe took you a couple of seasons before you really started finding your feet? Yeah, probably. I had to get to know, I had to live on my own to start off with you to know what that was like, you know, going down to the MCC. You had to living on your own something something else um although although when i did go down i think it must have been the next year monib joined me which was a help i didn't i, I didn't know monib that well 
but I knew him well enough and, and we had to sleep. Our beds were about a meter apart from each other for a whole year in a tiny little box room. Um, but they were, they were some amazing times and, and it helped having Monib around and as much as, you know, anything could go wrong when Monib was there, like he could set the house on fire. He, he would, he would leave that he would iron oh, on carpet on white carpets and they would leave black iron marks all over oh the place. Oh my God. Um, I bet you had some challenges getting them to be on time for a lot of the meet times as well. Oh, because <laughs> as we know, Moni, you always tell Moni the meet times an hour earlier than it actually is because there's a chance he might turn up then at that time. Um, yeah. Because as you know, Moni and his timekeeping, I mean, the, I think the last ever um, indoor session before we went to the Under-19 World Cup, he didn't turn up. Do you, do you remember? And, and Mike Hendrick loved Moni that much and he was our kind of trump card with a leg spin that I think he was going no matter what. Um, but if he'd maybe been somebody else at that point, I think Mike Kendrick would have just canned him. Because I, I, I do remember the chat going around our team, like because we all got given blue pads, didn't we? Greenacles yeah. were nice enough to sponsor the whole team and gave us yeah. all blue pads. And they didn't give Moni his blue pads because they were worried he'd go street fighting with them on around Glasgow. <laughs> <laughs> but going going back to yeah, you said it, it took me uh, probably a couple of years to settle in, and it certainly did. But um, the one thing that sort of stands out for me is. You'd probably had a, a number of hundreds by that age. And my first ever hundred I ever scored at any age group, senior, junior, was in a Durham second team 11 game. I'd never scored one. And this was maybe the structure of the, the game in Scotland at the time, was you'd have to, in, in the north, you'd have to retire at 30, and then you'd have to retire at 50. Um, and, you know, we just weren't good enough at senior level to score hundreds back then. And you're probably, you're young, so you're probably playing at like, batting at seven or, or six or something where you could get hundreds, but our size and stature probably didn't mean we could hit the boundaries in the long grass at when I was playing at Stewart Park in, in Aberdeen before I even got to play at the first team ground at Stonywood. But I scored my first ever hundred in my first ever Durham second team game. I, I don't even know whether the Durham guys knew that I hadn't scored a hundred before. And I was hit plumb in front, first ball, first ball to Luke Wright. Um, a young Luke Wright hit me plumb in front, must have been hit, hitting middle halfway up. Given that out, I went on to score 150. I actually then went on to score 300s in three games. Wow. So, so this is the thing that you try and teach the, the youngsters, don't you? You try and say, look, just get yourself to 100. Once you get past that mark once, it gives you so much belief. And all of a sudden, then they, here they are, next one, the next one, the next one. So, um, yeah, it certainly took me a few years to, to bed in. And I said, <laughs> I was... I wasn't a capable enough player when I went down there, but you had to learn fast. And living on your own is maybe one of the things that, that kind of teaches you how to, to grow up. Yeah, yeah, toughened you up. No, that's, that, that's, that's awesome. And, you, and you, the, you know, but the fact that you got 100 in your first game um, and then it just clicked from there and then you went on to, you know, score, score many more. Um, I want to touch on your, on your first class stats. Now, I know you played a bit of Scotland, Scotland Eye Cup stuff, but you've not played, you never played that much compared to what you, probably because of your county career, um, yeah. that, you know, there was always a, a question mark over if you were going to get, if you were going to play for us or not, because, you know, you had the, the county maybe wanted you. So I think a lot of the time Scotland just kind of let you be. Um, yeah. um, and that's where some controversy came down the line. But your first class, um, you scored 4,404 runs an average of 30.37. You have eight first-class hundreds and you have 1950s. Um, that's pretty impressive stats, mate. 
Um, what would you say is your most memorable first class hundred? Um, there's there's two little two that probably stand out for me. Um, well, your first one's always special. So the first one, first one was against Warwickshire, uh, and you know. I, nicked a few through the slips and whatnot and I was probably dropped here or there but I managed to get to get to that hundred and, and that was a really special day. I remember I clipped one uh Ta here was bowling Seymour um I forget his first name and he and he slipped one down the leg side. I clipped it off my hip and and it went for four and I, I you know I've always been quite muted in terms of my celebrations and I was that day because in my mind there's still more work to be done, you know, you don't you don't so I always find it hard to to get there a celebration, you know really out of the box until look, you've won the game. But that, um, uh, scored a double hundred, um, 217 uh, against Leicestershire for Northampton. And that was a special day. Cause I remember, I remember that the umpire, he, he probably shouldn't have said something, but he did. Um, Steve O'Shaughnessy, great, great umpire, good guy, good fun. And, and I was an 170 or something like that. And, and I played a few loose shots and he just sort of said to me when he walked past, he says, you know, you might never get another shot at getting a double hundred. I wouldn't throw it away if I was you. And, you know, some, some really, really wise words. And I was like, I always remember that. Switch back on and knock my, knock my way to to 100. And it was actually against Rob Taylor as well. It was another Scottish teammate of ours. So it was, it was quite nice to the, the sort of chat on the field. But they were two special days. And the other, the other one that really stands out for me was the day that um, I played a... a Four Durham players got 100 in that game. All of us using Grey Nichols, Chander Paul, Divinitu, Benkenstein, and myself against Knotts, and we won the uh, county championship that game. Wow. Actually, and that was that was a pretty special day. So yeah, I've been I've been lucky lucky with my time in in county cricket. You know, ebbed and flowed, and I wish I knew what I knew now. Um, I, I sort of went off flying when I first started. I reckon my first 60 games, I probably averaged probably averaged just a touch over 40 and then I had a, a quite a big drop from my last few, my last 30 odd, um, which was disappointing for me to finish on averaging 30. But I reckon a, a fair, fair assumption if I was playing the way I wanted the whole time, you know, high 30s would have been where I felt I probably should have got to, but the game plays some crazy tricks in you. You know that, Shaky. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. To be honest as well, I, I'd imagine at times it wouldn't have been always as e that easy to play at Chesterley Street. I mean, it's quite north. I mean, Wicket must have um, had some had some juice in it some days compared to guys that played at the Surrey Oval or, you know, I, I got the pleasure of batting at the Surrey Oval for the YCs and I got a 50 in each innings and I don't think it would have been possible not to get a 50 in each innings because yeah. the Wicket was just gold dust. Whereas I played a couple of times at Chesley Street, and it can, it can do a bit at Chesley Street. So that you know that that that's always got. I know we're not. It's not that excuses come into play, but wickets definitely play a part. I mean, we play in Scotland. Um, it's not easy to score runs in the west of Scotland compared to playing club cricket down down south. You know, it makes a it makes a big difference. Um, but then you, you you kind of things kind of filtered out at Durham. Um, you know, you kind of slowly seemed like you a little bit went out of favour um, and you you made the move to Northants and that's where I think the public got to really see more of you because not that only the only traditional fans watch the, the first class cricket and know really what's going on but the 
the, the North Ants team is you went to North Ants and you had some great T20 success where you you opened the batting and you got to play in the finals there. You were one of the leading you were one of the leading performers in the competition. Yeah, they were. You know, it's funny how one door closes and another another one opens. You know, and like around that phase that it was sort of coming to a close with Durham. I, I it was probably two years before it came to a close. Uh, I sort of picked up a wrist injury, which I still have to this day, and uh, I was I was managing it and didn't really know what to do, and my my style of cricket changed a bit. And then Ben Stokes came into the the picture, where I was sat at the back of the indoor centre at Durham, and a young Ben Stokes was batting after he'd just been bowling about eighty mile an hour as a fifteen, sixteen year old or whatever he was when he turned up, and I just thought I could be struggling here. Like and and about a year later, he was sort of he was starting to take my place in the team. And I remember a game that he, he basically tore all the ligaments in his in his ankle, and he batted in one leg at a, in a championship game at Durham, and he still smashed seventy because he, he couldn't walk, he couldn't run, so he just smashed it. And and that was stuff that I I just couldn't possibly do back then. Like the way your game evolves over the years is just you're a product of your environment in many ways as well as your determination to improve. And, and also, you, you're forced to play in, in certain, certain ways. And, and, and I went down to North Ants, and I still had that wrist injury, which was less than ideal, and, and I, I managed it when I was down there. And, and I was just forced. I remember even the last two years at Durham, I was forced. I couldn't not play because I would lose my contract. But I, I couldn't get an operation because there was no time to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there were Scotland commitments in the winter. So there was no time for me to get, get anything done. And, but I just found a way to score runs. I actually scored quite a few runs. My, my second last game for Durham, I scored 100 in a, in a list A um, one-day game. Um, so, you know, it's a, it's a little bit of a story. I'll try and run through it very quickly. When I was leaving Durham, Pete Steinle came to me and said, look, you can come on loan and play for us in the YB40s. I think it was called then, or CB40s. Uh-huh. And I said, cool, that sounds good. And then North Ants and David Capel were on, in touch. They said, well, why didn't you come to us on loan? And I was like, well, that's probably a, a more lucrative way to go. If we're going to play YB40 is in a contract and offer, I should possibly keep that option open. And they kept stalling, North Ant stalled, stalled. So I just went, stuff that, I'm going to go and play for Scotland. I want to play some games. Turned up for Scotland. First game was against North Ants on loan. What did you do? got 120 not out. We, we hammered North Ants that day. Needless, needless to say, I think a lot of them were out. In, in Edinburgh, that was like back then. It was a bit of a oh, it's a jolly. Let's go up to Scotland and play some YB40 cricket. And yeah. I think they all went out and had a bit of a good time, and we smashed them all over the place. Yeah. Um, and then David Capel walked down the stairs at the Grange and said, "We probably should have got you on loan last week, shouldn't we?" <laughs> well, yeah, I had a bit of a bit of a laugh with him. So then a, a, a week week or so later, I was on loan away with them. We actually beat Northants and Warwickshire in two days there, and that, that two days of Scotland was a pretty good couple of days. I ended up playing for North Ants. Um, I ended up scoring a 50 for, a score over 50 for Durham, North Ants, uh, and Scotland in the same YB40 division and scored three of them all against Warwickshire. Scored a 50 against Warwickshire. So it, was, it was a manic time. I scored, scored a score over 50 for three surprise, different surprise, 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 Warwickshire have never shown interest because you got your first first class 100 there. You've obviously had a lot of success against them. Um, it's uh, it's surprising they've never they've never chapped your door, but obviously then the T20 success with North Hans yeah. that yeah. was uh, that was a special time for you. 
yeah, very special. My career has been filled with um, ways that I've surprised myself how, how I can play and how, how effective I can be because I, I genuinely thought my career was almost over when I was going to Northampton. And I didn't feel as, as good a one-day player as uh, I could have been then. But a product of your environment, I was forced to find a way. And I was given an opportunity there. And I give that, you know, so much uh, thanks to North Ants for giving me some opportunities. And I opened the batting. Um, and I ended up, you know, I was, I was like fifth or sixth in the country that year. In yeah, no, you were. You, it, was a, it was a proper. Uh, well, I guess it leads me to my next question. Why did they let you go? Uh, there was, I think there were some financial issues there at, at North Ants. Um, Alex Wakeley got injured the year before and I was actually asked a captain. And, and I would probably say uh, there weren't maybe as many people that, you know, they, they maybe tried to pick someone who might grow into being a captain. And I don't think I was ready to be a captain. I was already ca- I was captain Scotland already at this point, I think. Um, but it's only by failing that you learn things. And, and I still wasn't ready to be a captain. My leadership skills weren't up to scratch. I didn't appreciate what it was all about, but and I was a bit on the fence whether I should do it. And I thought because I was, I was still felt intimidated by because, like I said, my whole career I never really felt I was good enough. Um, and even there, I was asked to be captain. I was properly on the fence with it. I was just doing all right with the bat. And and then they, a year later, after being captain, um, there was financial issues, and they asked a handful of us to leave. Um, and I still had a year in my contract, so that that was they they said, look, you can go and find another place to play so that was that was tricky but I stayed on and um I actually went away at the 2015 World Cup in that time and did pretty well and I actually scored a couple of couple of big scores and they they did let me play a game or two the next year but it was only simply because everyone was injured but uh, um but yeah look I still look at fond fond memories you know I had some great times in yeah because I, I mean great again though I'm surprised at that point um you never got picked up by somebody else because you were you were probably in that kind of I mean I would say the the absolute twilight of your career is around that period of time. I mean you've yeah. talked about obviously some 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 great first class days you had with Durham, but you've also been honest and said that you probably could have been probably could have done better. Yeah. You could have averaged forty rather than thirty. But from two thousand and fifteen, that's now where we're going to lead into talking about Scotland um, it all goes back to a bit of a scandal um, I, you know I only know about the I've I seen the article and I don't know what what went on behind closed doors but you were left out of the Scotland team um, and the story was that oh we want to look after your county career or something along those lines what 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 went down around that point because I know you tweeted as well saying that you were really disappointed to to be left out of the side. Um, what's your what's your what's your th- thoughts on that time? Yeah, they were they were crazy times. Actually, I remember I was I was walking up to bat at York Cricket Club for a, a would have been a, a second team game for North Ants, and I was just like my mind was racing. And that never happens to me when I go in the cricket field. When I go in the cricket field, I cross the rope and I walk in and I compete, and then I come off. And if there's any issues, I deal with them. But that was the first day I ever dragged something onto the field. Like I was properly, like, what's going on here? Um, and I think uh, there's there's two things. One, one maybe, you know, my T20 stats up until that point were were probably only okay. But 
the type of person I was. I, I always played the role that I was asked to play, and that and and probably my best place to play in T Twenty cricket was to open the batting, and I never had opened the batting to that point. And so, so I was doing a role which you know a, a team thing, trying to perform as well as I could. And my stats probably didn't show what I was capable of at the time. And Grant Bradburn came in as as uh, as coach, and uh, not long after that, he sort of he relieved me of captaincy, uh, and and he took uh, he, he left me out of the squad. Um, and and you know, look, he's trying to refresh things as well, and. And sometimes why 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 did he, why did he leave you at the squad, Kyle? Did you you guys have a bit of a was it a bit of a a ding dong behind closed doors that, that took place? Was this a, did no, he, no. Did he... I would say any ding dong happened after he left me out of the squad. Actually, um, we I think I think uh, you know I've never properly asked him about it yet, but there's a couple of thoughts in my mind. But he he probably felt that the team a change he was also concerned i genuinely think he was a little concerned about my uh, my county contract at the time as well um but maybe the two of us didn't communicate that very well because as much as i was maybe leaving northampton i was told to leave and i was trying to find other places to go all i actually wanted to do was play cricket for scotland because as far in in my eyes that's the most passionate cricket that I can play and the players around you, you know what it's like playing for your country, you pull that shirt and it means so much. And when you play county cricket, I'm not saying that doesn't mean as much to other players, but there's certainly quite a few that, you know, play it because they're just good at it. And, and it, one game just rolls into the next and there's a paycheck at the end of it, you know, granted not very much in comparison to other, other sports, but um, I didn't feel the love all the time, um, especially when I left Durham. We were a really close knit team at Durham, and uh, we got that at Northants as well. But for me, the ultimate's always sort of been playing for Scotland. And no disrespect to any of those teams, because I had some great, some of the best times in my life at both of those teams. But when you pull on a national shirt, shaky, you know, anyone you could ask anyone in our situation, you pull on that 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 shirt, it's just wow, this is special. And I was so gutted to be missing out because. I think the other thing would have been you're obviously talking about feeling good about yourself and feeling loved and you know you had a, you were you were part of a real family at Durham. You probably yeah. you had great times at North Ants, but it doesn't quite sound like it was quite as quite as quite as tight. But whenever you came back to Scotland you were obviously welcomed with, with open arms. It was always it was always a pleasure to have Kyle Kutzer back 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 home and playing in the Scotland team. So I remember one of my last fondest memories of, of getting to play with you was going to Kenya. Um, and you'd come, you'd come back in for a for an I Cup game, um, and you know just just having you around, kind of picked up the picked up the morale that you know we were and and that is actually brings me to my next story where all of a sudden your bowling career rejuvenated because um, we were bowling on a flat wick. I mean we rolled Kenya in the first innings, we got a good lead in this uh, when we batted. Um, and then we were bowling on that third day's play on the hottest day in the world in Nairobi. Uh, we were getting nowhere. Like um, Odombe and Tickelo were just batting away, batting away. And Drummo chucked the ball to you. And then you just, you just, and then I think you went on to then bowl a bit in that T20 qualifier that came came after that. Um, and you went on to bowl a bit more again after that for Scotland. But I mean, that was like, it'd been years since anyone had seen you bowl 
and it just clicked that day on that third day's play. I think you got two or three wickets, maybe. Um, do, you, do you remember? Do you remember that day? I remember that. I've I've actually been searching for that video for a little bit of time. So if anyone knows how to get hold of that video, that that's something that it's just absolute pure gold. When I ran up, I ran into ball. I tried to ball a length ball like I do every single time, and I just anti-skilled it, and I bowled a Yorker, and uh, and it and it bowled the guy, and off off we went, didn't we? My shirt nearly. Oh came yeah, yeah, you went. And you said you said you're not much of a celebrator, but when you <laughs> when you got that first wicket, you went. It was like you went on that. We just all chased you, um, but that was a long toil in the field that day. And um, actually, you talk about videos. You might be able to help me being the Scotland captain and all that. I I was told I was trying to get hold of some of the footage. Um, Juddy made me a video a couple of years ago of um, my hundred against Kenya and Ireland and just some footage of Namibia and stuff as well. Um, and I was told to contact a, a chap called Toby Bailey. Um, yeah. I have sent Toby a couple of emails um, <laughs> a couple of years ago. I've never heard back from him. So maybe you could have a word with Toby and see if you could pull something out for me. Just just to show the grandkids that once upon a time I played from a country and I. I did all right. That would be much appreciated because I know I'm maybe not high profile these days and maybe he, he never did get back to me. I'm pretty sure the email address was the right address, Kyle. Well, well I'll, I'll chase that up. I'll chase that up with Toby. I, I, what I do know is that the, I think a lot of it's stored in a hard drive that's stored away um, from, from back in those days. So getting access to that Especially right now is pretty tricky. So yeah, no, I, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect but, uh, just now. But we'll, I'll try and chase it up because I want to chase up a video myself. That celebration's got to be. Yeah, but that celebration would be. I would love to see. I'd love to see a tweet of that celebration because yeah, you went off, you went, and you're merry go round. And that was a great tour. We, we had a great victory. Uh, every single time we stepped out of the Hilton, um, we thought we were going to get killed. It was quite a quite an intense intense place, um, but great great memories, great victory, and that, that was another tour that. I, I fondly remember playing with you. So then, yeah, you played for Scotland in the World Cup, and that leads me into another famous moment in your cricketing career, um, catching Mark Boucher on the boundary line. You had no right um, catching that. Was That must have just been sheer instinct. Yeah, look, I think everyone, everyone probably knows, or most people probably know that, you know, I'm maybe I'm maybe not the top end of the spectrum in terms of fielding abilities, and and it seems to be certainly going backwards when my now that my agility is getting worse and worse. But I do pride myself on on trying really hard in the field, and there are little glimpses of good moments. Um, but that day, you know, I was terrified on the boundary at the Oval, and a pretty decent crowd, uh, playing against South Africa, and, and the over before, whoever hit it hit it. And I, I came charging in because at the Oval, you got the, the main pavilion, which is so high yeah. that it's hard to pick the ball up until it actually goes into the sky. Mm -hmm. So I saw this ball get hit at me and I ran in and, and it, all of a sudden it went right over my head. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I thought, all right, okay, I won't do that. Um, next, next over, Dromo balls a beautifully um, inaccurate Yorker, which is perfectly on a full of a length to get smacked out the ground. And uh, again, same thing. I saw the shape of the shot. That's what you go on as a cricket. And I started charging in because it hasn't, it hasn't come above the, the building yet. So I thought it must be in front of me. And all of a sudden, I, and I just started thinking, like, oh, no, what have I done here? And so I was probably seven, eight, nine yards off the line by this point. And I thought, oh, God. So I just started backpedaling. And I just stuck up an arm. I think everyone who saw me catch it was completely amazed. All my teammates must have got 
Yeah, because you can. I've, I've seen I've seen a few pictures of the crowd yeah. behind, and people were like, I mean, I had a bit of Michael Jordan about it because you got you got so so really you screwed it up. That's I, what you I, said. I screwed it up. <laughs> I screwed it up, Shaky, and everyone and my teammates at Durham at the time were just like, "How did you manage to catch that? You would never have normally caught that, you know." And I completely and utterly screwed it up. And since that day, everyone thought I was a reasonable fielder. So. There we go. All you have to do is yeah. miss, miss time on Shaky. You, you should have a picture of that in your house, surely. That's that. That's a that that's a that's a memorable one. Do you have a picture of that? Yeah, in my in my my mum's got a big picture of it blown up in the house, and it's something that yeah, that that's one of one of the lasting memories of my career playing playing against South Africa, which is my not my country of birth. I was born in Scotland, but my family's country of birth. Um, standing in a line. Looking at my parents up in the crowd, and the South Africans were singing the national anthem, and then we were singing ours, and I was thinking, which one are my parents going to sing? But um, and then actually played against some of my 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 heroes in in that game, so I managed to hit hit a few sixes. I got thirty odd, I think, in that game, and, and quite quite fast, uh, uh, you know, short number of balls. And but then I took that ridiculous catch, which probably doesn't really reflect my fielding, but you know, I'm taking it. Take it, take it all day, all day long. So, um, if you've not heard it here before, that Kyle Kutzer actually messed that catch up um, <laughs> and took one of the greatest catches. It's, it, it still comes, it still pops up as one of the best catches. I've seen it, I've seen it in a few, a few different videos. Um, so that was, that was another. So really, that World Cup kind of announced you as a, yeah. as, a as a, as a, as an opening batsman, international opening batsman. Because yeah, you're right. Up until then, I'd never, I'd never, I never had you. Had you penciled? I never had you penciled down as an opening batsman. You'd always kind of batted three or four um, in the ODI format. Um, but yeah, Scotland took a punt with you after initially maybe not selecting you. They made the right decision to bring you back in, and and you kind of got a good good first exposure of um, of playing in a playing the T Twenty World Cup. It's funny. I went to the T Twenty World Cup before that. You, you, people, people, yeah. you, 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 you what? Oh. You didn't. You, you weren't on that World Cup, were you? No, no, no. So um, I might have got a little confused about because I, I wasn't picked for the World Cup before, and it was Pete Drinnen who was the coach. And um, there was there was a, a time where I didn't get picked, and when Grant Bradburn came in, so there was there was sort of two two elements to it. But Pete Drinnen didn't pick me for. World Cup, and I was still young. But you said I think you went to it, and I and went to the T20. It wasn't actually. Uh, it was ended up being Pete Steindl and Andy Tennant okay. that took us out to that World Cup. Um, yeah. But again, I'm surprised that you weren't on that. You weren't on that on that trip. But again, it was. It was weird back then. You were kind of seen very much more as Calcutta plays county cricket. He doesn't really. He doesn't yeah. really play for Scotland very. It was. It was few and far between when you did play. But that's where it seemed to all. Change because from 2015 onwards, um, I've seen you play some phenomenal cricket, and you know I don't want to go. There's a, you've now, you know you've now played so much cricket for Scotland, but I want to touch on, on, on kind of your your highlights. And there's no bigger highlight. Um, I was in Pakistan at the time. I was uh, staying in an army reserves place. A friend of mine um, had got his accommodation in Islamabad. An army kind of unit place, so I, I arrived there and I had said when we had got there, look, Scotland are playing a World Cup against Bangladesh today, and we need to get the match on, and the, the electricity needs to stay on. So they had organised to get a generator, so the TV wouldn't go off, um, and I witnessed you score 
156 against Bangladesh. Um, and honestly, I was I was overjoyed, first of all, childhood friend, um, somebody I've always always been fond of, somebody I knew was a great player. Did I know you were that good? Until then, I'd never seen you never seen you do anything like that on a cricket field. How how special a feeling was that that day? Yeah, that that day was actually the first hundred my mum ever saw me score. She, she never she'd never been to games that had scored hundreds. She'd seen seen me score runs, but that was actually the first game she witnessed me scoring hundreds. Good choice, Megan. You made a good yeah. made, made a good decision to go to the ground that day. But let you know, let's just let wind it back just a little bit. And where I think I started developing really to 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 that level as a player was back in a controversial moment when Grant Bradburn left me out of uh, the squad, and um, and I put that a lot of that down to Grant firstly challenging a couple of people, and uh, he I think he saw more in me, and he saw more in a couple of players, and. Over the years, he did challenge a couple of guys, and I was probably one of the first because um, at the time I was captain at the time, mm-hmm. and he he brought out another side of my game completely. Brought out another side of my game, and and he he made me, he forced me to believe in my own game, go out and do it, and and I put that down to genius coaching. Um, he was a is you know I've been fortunate with the coaches I've had over the years, and every one of them have played a part in my career, and and got Scotland to where they are today. But that little mental part of the game, belief, um, Grant was the one that ticked that box for me, and and made me into the player that I became from 2015 onwards, um, just a little bit better. And uh, you know I can't thank him enough for that because he's taught me something that I can now pass on through the years and, and not just by challenging people but that was the way he needed to do it and, and he did it and he made us into a team that we were and we're in a really good place now with Shane Berger as well moving on yeah, no, yeah, I, sorry, I, I, I went I went off, off yeah no, we'll, we'll come back to you we'll come back to you we're going to still talk about your your special knock that day but I, I mean I actually tweeted a couple of days ago you might have seen my tweet where I actually said that Scottish cricket changed um, under Grant Bradburn. Um, obviously, I'd, all the coaches prior to that, I'd got to work with them myself. You know, your Andy Moles, Peter Drennan, Pete Steindl, um Probably the, the most influential coach I worked with was an Adrian Birrell, who and it was only for one month, and he had such an. We all know what he achieved with Irish cricket, but Grant Bradburn is somebody I never got to work with, and he seems to be the one that instilled the confidence in you boys to believe that you can beat the big test-playing nations, and something just changed. And you've obviously just highlighted it there, right there that it's just a mindset, a little mindset change to, to challenge you as a, a Scotland's leading batsman um, to just say, let's take the captaincy off you. Might have been a blessing in disguise. Um, at the time, I bet you probably felt a bit, a bit hard done by. Um, you're pr- obviously a very proud, proud, proud leader of your country. But um, Preston Momsen came in and probably did quite a good did quite a good job, and it, it seems to just allowed yeah, you to did allowed you to free up your free up where you you didn't have to think about all the kind of outside noise, and and, and that day you scored 156, and just obviously great to know that your mum Megan was there watching it. What a special special day for the family, 
But what, what, I mean, you were hitting the ball clean, like every single over extra cover. The left, I remember well the left arm spinners for Bangladesh, and you were just opening it up and hitting over extra. And it, the timing was incredible. What, what's your memories? Did it just click that day? Yeah, I, I, I struggled at the start of that innings. Um, I couldn't get get it away. Um, and then once I actually. Shaky ball, ball, and I thought, right, I need to try and get on top of him here. He's quality bowler, and yeah. I thought, right, I'm going to run down here and try and get him away, push the fielders back. I ran down and then played a slog sweep. I don't know, I don't know what happened, but I, I, and it landed on the rope, so I got six for it. And from that point on, I just started things started to click for me, and I started manipulating the field and think, right, he's doing that, so the bowler's going to try and bowl it here, and. That was almost when I started thinking about my game at, at quite a ripe age as a player. Started thinking about my game even more, and realizing what they're trying to bowl at me rather than just playing. And um, everything just clicked. I just I, I I almost felt as if I knew where they were trying to bowl. So it looked like that. Yeah, it, and it, it looked like that. I mean, what over did you get out in? I think I got out with about. Eight over, seven overs to go. Yeah, that's what I remember. You could have got a double. You could have got. You could have got a double, double ODI hundred. That you needed that umpire. What was his name? You needed him to yeah. say, "Listen, mate, you, you, you yeah, I needed that honestly to come back. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you won't get every day. You get a double hundred and ODI World Cup match because I remember yeah. that you were, you were just, you were, you were just flying. You were in a different, you were in a different, different world to everybody else. Um, and you know, I bet you, you, you should, you should definitely show the. Show the grandkids that one day because that that's um, that really was. I mean, I, I would say, in my opinion, the two greatest knocks for Scotland have been your 156 and Callum McLeod's um, innings against England. Um, both just so special in their own right. But yours being on a World Cup um, was such a high-profile game. But I suppose any hundred against England to beat the beat the old enemies are equally just as special. But I mean, those two innings. Um, I watched both of them ball for ball, and they were they were they were special, special. You also had a really good knock against England. It was unfortunate he didn't go on. Yeah, I um, I, the shot I'd played quite well um, previously in the tournament. I was trying to come down to the off spinner and try and sort of chip him wide of mid on, and I ended up just um, lobbing it down long on throat in the end. But I was on I was on seventy at the time, and even. I don't think then I really appreciated. Look, I could have got hundred against these yeah. guys. You need someone to just say something to you and just keep you going. But I felt under pressure to keep moving the scoreboard along. The highlights of that game came on the TV about a week ago. It was probably the first time I've ever watched the full highlights of that game. I'd never watched a highlights of the England game um, the, the, in Christchurch, mm-hmm. and I, I I didn't realize that we were on we were on. 70 or something I was yeah, on yeah you were on co- you were on course I mean watching I, I was watching the game live and we were, we were chasing what 290 300 yeah, 290, uh, 290. 290 so it was very gettable and commentators midway were even saying you know if the likes of Kutsu get going um, you, you never know what can happen here and you got going yeah. um, and I do think yeah if somebody had maybe just been able to get in your ear a drink had been brought out at that point and just said listen just stay here for another 5 to 10 overs and but the adrenaline kicks in, I'd imagine. I mean, I've never been in a situation like that in a World Cup game against England, um, flying the way you were flying at the time, so I can't comment. But I'd imagine the adrenaline had just set in and you were just thinking, I can just keep going here. But when you got out, 
it pretty much we didn't yeah. really we think the game kind of died and it's died a death after that we were, Scotland were never really in contention and if you look back and you want to be really critical if you had been able to maybe stay at the wicket and get your 100 maybe got on to 110 120 and the likes of Momsen and Richie and these guys played their games around you the good, I think we could have got we would have been close the good old saying is you've always got more time than you think and I remember Grant Bradburn telling me that when we came off and he said Carl you've missed out there. We had more time. You could have got us a lot closer before you felt you needed to go because I started feeling I needed to go a bit, you know, go hard a bit, like, um, a bit earlier and try and take down the bowlers. But, look, it, it didn't happen. Um, one lasting memory I do have that game, have of that game is myself and, um, for whatever reason, myself and Jimmy Anderson have never really gotten overly well over the years. I don't think we either, either of us hold a grudge against each other. Maybe just... Um, got on the wrong side of each other on the field. And I do remember opening the batting for, for North Ants and first game of the season, brand new pitch, first first day of the county championship, he nicked me off straight to Joss Butler behind, straight in, bang, out, dropped. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I went on to get 20. I probably went through the slips three or four times and he, he then nicked me off eventually and, and ran past and shoulder barged me on the way past. And, and to be honest, it was... Um, yeah, idiot, basically, to say it the nicer way. And uh, we then played Scotland, uh, played England in Aberdeen, what, like uh, three weeks later, the earliest game in Scotland we'd ever played oh, yeah, in, yeah. in Aberdeen. Yeah. And I was on single figures. He nicked me off again. Who did it go to? Straight to Josh Butler. Shelled it, like, <laughs> twice, twice. And, and he had, like, a, a reasonable celebration again. Uh, uh, when he did eventually get me out. So when I actually turned up to play them in Christchurch, all I wanted to do was try and smash Jimmy Anderson. That's all I wanted to do. When I go in in that game, and I anti-skilled a few. By anti-skill, I mean I tried to hit the ball somewhere, but it went somewhere else. You know one of those that in the commentators go, ah, oh, great. I'm sure, hit, I'm, sure, I'm sure you hit him over mid-off, um, and you hit him through extra, if I remember yeah. correctly. You don't know, you hit some, you hit some, don't, don't, don't uh, put yourself down there. You played some, you played some <laughs> fine shots in that innings. And like you say, we were, we were flying. Scotland yeah. were flying at that point, and it's unfortunate you never went out because if that would have been special, if we turned England over at a World Cup, that would have been um, that would have been something to to really, really, really boast about. But who cares? I mean, what we went on to, what we went on to do. I mean, that will bring me to the next, the next big, um, the next big landmark in your career um, as a captain of Scotland at the Grange, Edinburgh. Um, you captain Scotland in one of the, the game that will go down in history, I think, of one of the greatest, one of not not only one of Scotland's greatest ever victories, but one of the, one of the best ODI games in history as well. I mean, it was box office, flat wicket, sun was out for once, no doubt about any rain coming. Um, yeah. And I'll never forget, just it was just the mindset again, the way that you and Matthew Cross went out to open the batting for Scotland, and I remember you hitting Plunkett over long off for six. Um, and you were just cross off the back foot, punching the ball through the covers, and we got off to an absolute flyer. Um, what's what was that? Was that planned? Was it planned to go out and and play aggressive cricket? Yeah, the planning for this game probably went a year back. So, um, and and I'm sure it probably maybe even went further back for the coaching staff. Uh, but Grant Bradburn sat us down in Dundee before an MCC game. And he said, 
look, lads, we can take the straight road or we can take the windy road. Mm-hmm. The straight road um, is just easy uh, and, you know, you'll get there, no challenges, whatever. You can take the windy road. It'll be tougher. It'll take you longer. Um, but when you get there, it'll be far more satisfying. You'll have achieved a lot more on your way there. But he says, one day we will be England. Why can't it be now? And and that was what we rolled with for the rest of the year. We rolled and rolled and rolled with that. And we were preparing for that England game the whole time. And what we learned along that journey was for us to beat England and say, let's say the top top nations in the, in the world, we have to play a style of cricket that's going to give us that chance. And that style of cricket was what you saw against England in that day. That was a style of cricket that we were building ourselves up to play. And we played it against Sri Lanka previous to that. Yeah. Um, and we played it against Zimbabwe previous to that. Um, and there was a huge build-up um, along the way. And, and we believed that we have to play that style of cricket. And that was what we, what we still promote to this day. We understand that we've got to play, play that style and be willing to try and get 320. If you don't get 300 in an ODI these days, you often don't stand standing. Yeah. So um, that, that's, that's what we did. And, um, all me and Crossy tried to do, and we won the toss and we went out to bat. It was um, like, let's go and let, let's do what we've all spoken about and have the confidence to do it that we've been instilled in us. So, really, really, really special, you know. That like, the day wasn't just for us; it was for for you, for everyone else who was playing. Yeah, for, I think I like, think yeah. everyone who watched the game supported us. All the pre, you know, Absolutely. everything come to that point. Yeah, no, um, you 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 inspired, you inspired, and you gave back. You boys, the 11 players that took the park, um, gave back a, a hell of a lot that day um, yes. to Scottish cricket. And the fact that the sun was out, it was at the Grange, you couldn't write the script any better. But we'll then just talk about, I mean, I'll, hopefully I'll get them on at some point um, to talk about to talk about the knock. Uh, but yeah, Callum McLeod, gobby little shit, played against him when he was at Drumpelier. Him and his brother just to wind me up with Gaelic. Behind the, behind the, the behind the, <laughs> just, I never used to understand. I, I, I never really rated Callum that much as a bowler, if I'm being honest. Um, you know, obviously had a bit of a dubious action that eventually got, that got called. Um, and his bowling career went out the window. And it was in South Africa, actually. Um, I roomed with you, Kyle, for seven weeks while I was a drinks carrier in South Africa. Um, <laughs> Under under Ryan Watson's cap, you never opened the cur- you never opened the curtains. Once. I never. I, 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 was, I look back now. I mean, I was. De- I think I was depressed. I think I genuinely think I was depressed. The lizard was very depressed on that tour. <laughs> I was getting angrier and angrier daily. Um, I was just getting up to no good eventually, and um, it's not a tour that I look back on very fondly. But I still had some great memories with the likes of yourself, Callum, Navdeep Punia, Maggi. Um, but yeah, Callum started hitting balls in the nets on that tour. Because obviously that he'd be, you know, his bowling was coming. To, he was still bowling at that point. I think his bowling career came to an end against Oman when a guy hit him <laughs> ten, two, three miles up, 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 up the, like a long, long way. Um, hit the floodlight, and, didn't it? Hit the floodlight. That's right. It was huge. It still was rising when it hit the floodlight. Um, but Callum started hitting the ball in the nets, and I remember thinking, I mean, he was trying to kind of go about the kind of KP kind of style at that point. He was trying to do all. Yeah. You know, it's copy, definitely trying to copy a KP style, and he was he was hitting the ball clean, and you know he was. But I just kept thinking, oh, a net player. Nah, I've seen many of these guys. You know, they so they smoke <laughs> the ball in the nets. 
and what he's went on to become. And I think it's a sheer sign of dedication that he's shown because he would never, never, never miss a training session. He would always be dedicated to his craft. And what he did that day against England was just unbelievable. Like he, he, every single he played every. I mean, you got out to. I'll never forget you. Adil Rashid kind of pulled the game back and got you out. Kind of yep. bamboozled you a little bit when you were kind of. I think were you on 60, 70 at that point. Sixty uh, odd at that point, and Adil Adil got you out, and you feared at that point that he might be. He might trick. He might be the trickery here that confuses the Scottish batsman. And Callum just came out and just started getting down on the one knee. Six, six, and it changed the game because when he blasted a deal Rashid out of the attack, England had nothing else to really answer with. The seamers were not so effective on a, on an absolute flat wicket. And when when he dealt with um, a deal Rashid, that kind of then really started giving the hope that we could get something really big here. And then Callum just kept going and then the, the batters just, Munzee came in and got 50, which, you know, another really talented batsman that's coming through for Scottish cricket. And another thing that I'll never forget that day, and it just showed where Scottish cricket was at, because you'd never have dreamt of doing this in my, 10 years before. Michael Leese came out to bat. Got a fellow Stonywood Dice um, uh, came, came from the same, same club as yourself. And the first ball he faced off Mark Wood, he hit it for six. I remember he even ran down the wicket and kind of tapped it. He had that face on him like, oh, bloody hell. What have I done there like that? Bloody hell. But that was, again, just something that you'd never seen. Normally you'd be going out to play for Scotland against England and think, right, first 10 balls here, right, just try and, try and survive yeah. here and get in. Um, or let's try and get 220, 230 being a game here. But the, the mindset was so different that day. And you must be very proud as a captain to watch all your all your teammates, but talk to me about what your thoughts on Callum's knock were. Yeah, that's probably, it was one of the finest knocks ever by any Scottish batsman. Uh, only the one that he played again against Afghanistan's going to, you know, knock it off its perch, really. Probably the one against Afghanistan was possibly even better in Bulawayo um, in, the, in the World Cup qualifiers. But, um the the planning that went into that game was about how we need to continue to keep scoring in the middle overs, finding boundaries throughout the game mm -hmm. to be able to reach a 320-plus score. Mm -hmm. And um, that was an area that we focused so much on um, with our team. So if you look through our team, every single one of the players plays a hard sweep, paddle sweep, reverse sweep, switch hit almost. Um, and Callum had them all. And that was what we focused on so much, the middle overs, because guys had skills to take guys down maybe at the top and guys can hit boundaries at the end. But in the middle overs, you have to be able to find boundaries. And this sweep was a massive shot that we, we paid attention to. And, and Callum, being a hockey player, just, you know, he plays out for fun anyway. So, um, yeah, it was a pretty special. Hi, Sarah. Very special. Yeah, Sarah's just, Sarah's just run past. A very, a very special knock, um, and he's going to play in Scotland. But mate, an amazing, amazing day. The way the guys took the took the guys down, and the way Watty had the flight and guile to chance it against uh, Monali when he was looking like he was chasing the score. Well, I was just going to, I was going to come to the second innings. I mean, you were probably going to lose. Uh, Ali had a bit of a brain explosion. Um, didn't really probably have to do that. They were pretty much, I mean, Bearstow and 
the way they Bearstone uh, Roy came out, was it, am I right to say it was Bearstone Roy, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. The yeah. way they came out, I mean, more Bearstone, like he was in a different world, like, and 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 you and he th- um, you got thrown a bone because Watt got the first wicket as well. Yeah. Um, and it, and that kind of threw you a bone to kind of get 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 somewhere in it, and then England had some some brain explosions. Hales ran out Joe Root, and Hales yeah. cut one to Ali Evans at point. And then you started believing again, but then England, yeah, you know, Moyne Ali and uh, you know Plunkett as well. They started looking dangerous, but yeah, yeah well, look, the the obviously the the batting massively fired in that day, and 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 the the bowling, um, you know, I think we actually bowled pretty well. Uh, uh, the way Bearstow and these guys played was just, you know, sometimes you got to hold your hands up a little bit. But um, what stands out to me is is the handling of the pressure on the day so the couple of runouts we had the throws were right over the top the guys who were taking that michael leask got a run out from the boundary and he also and he also took took the ball above the stumps for another one so the throwing the running and collecting throwing and and collecting above the stumps were was perfect so if you look back next time you look back look at uh michael's collection on the one runout where he he takes it from in front of the stumps and knocks the bales off. So yeah. he's continuing on the, the momentum. Look yeah. at that. We practiced that. We practiced that so much leading up to those games. And to see those things um, come out, like they're just the simple handling of the pressure. Well, you, well, you think if, uh, th- there was very fine lines that day. I mean, if those opportunities hadn't been taken, you weren't, you probably were not going to win that game of cricket. Um, and then all, obviously, Sakyan Sharif, Yorker at the end, it was almost like a Shoya Bakhtar moment growing up oh, watching yeah. Shoya Bakhtar bowl Yorkers and just running and the crowd and the atmosphere. I mean, what a, looking on, um, I always wanted to play for my country, I always wanted to be part of those type of moments. That's what we all strive as cricketers. But I was emotional, it was so emotional to watch. I've never been so happy. Um, I watched the whole game on my TV. And as it get, was getting to those nail-biting moments and when Safi got wood out with a Yorker at the end, I was, uh, you know, my, uh, my son was with me at that point, Harris, and, uh, and we were going and we were going mental um, because I think he was worrying, he was worried about his dad and thinking, what, dad, you all right? Because he's not, he, he, had, he, 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 had, he hadn't really been a part of, he hadn't been around when I was playing for Scotland. He only would know what he'd heard about. So he didn't understand the passion that was there seeing uh, so many guys that you've grown up with, playing cricket with, still play cricket with as well. Friends of yours who um, have just turned over England at the Grange on Sky Sports. You know, hats off to you, Skipper. You know, that was a, that was a special, special, special time. Um, yeah, Shaky, the celebrations when, when Safi took that last wicket was just, they're just undescribable. Honestly, the, the pitch invasion and the people running on, uh, yeah, everyone I was hugging remember. everyone. Everyone was hugging everyone because you you look on camera and there's like random fans that have come on and it was just like my, Michael Lee got grabbed I think on the footage and then he just hugs a random. Normally you'd be like, well, but I don't think anybody cared. I think everyone was just living the moment. I remember Robin running and grabbing a stump because that's something I've never done before. I've never got a stump from any of the trophies that I'd won in the past, and I thought, yeah. you know what, I'm getting a stump. I ran and got a stump, and then I took two steps away, and I thought. I better grab one for Callum because he needed a stump after the way he played. Yeah. And I turned around and someone with no top on had grabbed the stump. And I was like, 
you're gonna have to give me that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm <having> that stump. <laughs> Thank you very much. Did so the, 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 the oblige? Went off, but oh, yeah. You're lucky. You're lucky, you're lucky because I, I know from like um, with the Pakistani fans take the field. I don't think they would have obliged to give you a stump back if if you get a stump back in the day of uh, you know when pitch invasion still took place. If you got hold of a stump. You're not giving that stump back. You're you're holding on to that. So you must have asked pretty well mannered to, to 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 get that stump back. Um, amazing, Kyle. Amazing. You know we've we've gone down. Uh, I've still got some quick fire questions to finish finish off with. But I mean we've covered so much. We've we've talked about how we know each other. Talked about junior cricket. Talked about your county career. Um, talked about your international career. Some of your greatest achievements. Some low moments as well that you faced in your and your career along the way, which every sporting sportsman, you know, it's not always, it's, it's good to hear because hopefully the, the young generation will watch this podcast and will learn from you and know that it's not always, it's not always fun. I mean, we, we went, Scottish cricket went through a lot of getting the crap kicked out of them before we got to, to get in achieving these kind of heights of beating England. And I think now what needs to happen is that we go on from that um, and, you know, next next opportunity we get at a World Cup or something. Now's the time that we 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 take some more scalps down and and we do what we do what kind of Ireland cricket have achieved, yeah. Um, which I think Scotland have not quite done at a World Cup yet, but I think we are now at the point where we're ready to do that. Um, so I I wish you and your team all the best moving forward. I think you're still looking at you on camera. You're still looking fit, so you know you've got a couple of years left in you yet to lead the team and. I think that will be important to bring on the the next the next guy who takes charge. But I know I, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of candidates now because you've you've, you've had some really special memories together. The, the, the current core of players, right? Okay, some fun to finish with, Kyle. Some quick fire questions. First question is your favourite county teammate. Um. Wow, there's lots. Oh, how can you pick one of them? Because I'll get stick from whoever I don't pick. So, um, I'm going to... I'll give you two. I'll give you one and a backup guy. Okay. No, no, I'm going to... I'll go with one. I'll go with one. And the reason I'm picking this one person um, was because of the dance that he did on social media about three weeks, two weeks ago. It was Mark Wood. Mark Wood. Um, if you have a watch, uh, the dance. I've not seen that. I've not, I've, not, I've not seen that. I need to check it out. He comes he did across a dance routine in his back garden. If you just have a watch of that, he's an absolute hoot. So so much fun. Um, look, I've got so many good friends, but um, he's one that was just made me laugh the, the whole. He week. seems like Neil seems... McCallum. Neil McCallum wasn't a, a a county cricketer, but he was another one that was up there. Well, that was my next question. So, your favourite national team mate. Yeah, if it comes to comedy, Neil McCallum, it's almost impossible to beat him. He's one of the funniest guys I've, I've ever met. He's yeah, the maddest. The wristwatch comes out and the bulldog every now and then. Um, My memory of Neil McCallum, a good memory of Neil McCallum was when we were in Canada um, and he had the mannequin outfit um, <laughs> and we, we were on the rooftop balcony. Um, and we just arrived and we've gone to the rooftop balcony in Canada. I'm sure there was a few mothers and children kicking about and Maka came up with a full white robe on, whipped it off, and bomb dived in in the middle of the pool. And the mannequin, but, and he's got a massive, massive backside. Um, so it was, it was there for everybody to see. And you would never have thought that that boy's a school teacher at, at Watson's. You would never, you would, a PE teacher at Watson's. You would never, you would never, you would never ever think Neil McCallum was a school teacher if you toured with him because he, he was, he was a, he was a very funny man. 
Um, the best you've ever played with? Well, um, at the time when I was batting with Shivnarine Chandapal, that was that was different gravy. Honestly, that guy, I think he got something stupid like seven hundreds that season, and he didn't even play all the games. He he would. I, I remember the way he trained. He would have bowling machine on as fast as it could go, mm-hmm. and as much swing in one direction he could go, and he'd have two buckets like that, just going, and then he'd turn the swing around the other way, and then you just walk out. But yeah, he was he was incredible, Chandler. To think how good Brian Lara would have been then. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's 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 scary because I mean Chandler Paul, yeah, had a great career, but he was he was he was a second fiddle to a Brian Lara. Um, so it's scary when you think, you know, how good that level would be. Um, Both number one in the world at some, some both, point. Yeah, unbelievable, unbelievable players. Best um, player you played against? Uh, wow, I could, I could reel a whole, a whole lot off. Um, Shane Warren was, was, I managed to play against him a few times. Um, you smoked him. I'm sure you got hold of you got hold of Warren a couple of times in the the T20. Yeah, also, I'm pretty sure he also got me out a couple of times. Okay. Over the years, but, okay. Um, well, that's nothing to be ashamed of. But as long as you yeah. got hold of him a couple of times, that's uh, that's something to definitely to, to tell the grandkids as well. I played. I think when I played against Shane Warren, um, he had that operation, so he was maybe maybe minus the uh, the older amount of spin that you could normally put on the ball but Shane Warren was amazing and um, as a batsman probably Kumar Sangakara which um, yeah I, I had two two moments with Kumar um, when we played against him one playing against North Ants and I, and I accidentally bumped him out so I actually got him in the in the back pocket and uh Caught maybe by your friend Chad Barrett. I'm not sure if he was at the MCCYC then. But. Chad Barrett, no, not so um, Maybe, maybe not, not, not maybe at my time. Probably after, after my time or before. And then in the World Cup, I can't remember whether he's got the record. He either scored three hundreds in a row in, in consecutive games in the World Cup, or it was four. I can't remember. No, he's but, a cl- class. But, but class I bowled player. him. I bowled him. I bowled a lovely wide half volley at Hobart for him to get his third or fourth hundred in a row. Which he thanked me for at breakfast the next morning. Well, well, you know, I'm, 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 I actually responded to a tweet that Michael Lees put out today. I'm looking forward to watching this episode um, on Sky Sports tonight of the Safian and Michael's uh, MCC tour to Pakistan. Uh, but it'll be interesting if he obliges to come on and have a chat with me, um, old Leeski. Uh, it'll be interesting to hear his thoughts on Kumar Sangakara because <laughs> um, I'd imagine he would have learned a lot from him in that short period of time because he's a he's a very He's the ultimate professional, and, and I'm not surprised that you've, you've picked him. Um, my next question is, who's the most annoying teammate you've ever played with? Um, oh, there's so many. Uh, Wicket keepers tend to be one of those, don't they? They always got smelly uh, hands. Yeah, smelly hands. Um, David Murphy is a great friend of mine, and I was speaking to him just before we came on. Um, but we, we had to tape off, we had tape on the floor in the dressing room in, in North Ants and it, none of his equipment was allowed to leave that space because it smelled so bad. Oh my so God. in terms of, in terms of um, that, yeah, maybe David Murphy, um, he's such a g- good, good guy, but his kit absolutely stunk. 
I remember, what about the, the, the legend at Durham? Was it Colonel they call him? <laughs> he, he must have been a bit of a character to play with. Yeah, but uh, some 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 player as well. He can still play, you know. But well, he had a purple, he had a purple patch when he, when he opened the back for England for a little, yeah. for a little while, and then it didn't. Uh, what sorry, what's his name? What's his name? Philip Mustard. Philip Mustard. Mustard. What a, what a guy. He looked he, like he was a bit of a character. I, he he was involved in my whole career really. When when I when Scotland first beat Durham as a junior side, I think we we're under thirteens or fifteens or something like that at, at Betters, and Colonel was behind the stumps, and I just remember thinking. Who the hell is this guy? Like he never shut up. Yeah. Mad as yeah. mad as anything. Um, but he, he, I think he wasn't maybe as clean cut as uh, as some people when you're trying to make in your international career. And and unfortunately, maybe that was his downfall. But he could certainly play. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. No. He doesn't look like he would have been the the ultimate professional um, around the certain English English coach. I can imagine he would have <laughs> would have went in a few late nights and probably ruffled up a few feathers. Uh, but there's nothing, nothing wrong with that. We all, we all, we all, we only live once. Um, that pretty much brings us to the end of this episode, and I, I, you know, it's been a, it's been a really enjoyable one because it's been a long time since I've had the opportunity to to talk to you like this. You know, you're a very high-profile man, Kyle, MBE, and all that. Now, you know, it's uh, you need to book. Uh, I had to go through an agent to get to those who don't know. I had to go through an agent to get this time with you. Um, but you've been box office, mate. You've you've spoken very open and honestly. Um, I'd really appreciate if you can um, retweet and give give me some support um, with all of this. It's it's something that I'm very passionate about. Um, I probably could have been more dedicated to my my own cricket cricket career. I may have achieved bigger heights. So with my media career um, and my podcasting world, I want to be really passionate about it. Um, and and your support would be would be much appreciated. But Tomorrow, um, I will be recording with another Scottish legend, uh, Gavin Hamilton. So I'm looking forward to, to speaking to him. But again, thank you very much. Please pass my best wishes on to your, your mum and dad and to your good lady who we see in the background there. Love to the kids as well. And hopefully, at the back end of all this, I will catch up with you at some point, Kyle. Vicky, thank you very much. Just um, last last piece for me, you know, like uh, we appreciate all the all the support we get from from people like you who are trying to promote the the Scottish game and um and the year and the people have got us to where we are so we really appreciate that. Trip right, we've got some amazing cricketers. Um, Shane Berger and Grant Morgan are coaching in place right now. I've really rallied the team together and and got us working really hard. Albeit we haven't done anything for the last six six or seven weeks, but um. Want everyone to try and stay safe during this time. You know, NHS and all the the all the workers are, are, are key workers doing an amazing job. And look, everyone just needs to stay at home and stay safe uh, and and listen to the guidelines. Otherwise, we'll be stuck like this for a long time yet. And my final thing, shaky, other than thanking you, is uh, Harris. If you ever listen to this, your dad was a good cricketer. So um, uh, there we go. You can believe every word. You can believe every word he says. I appreciate that, Kyle. Appreciate that. Well, listen, you take care. And uh, this will be up in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, look forward to seeing it. Okay, cheers, Shaky. Nice to speak to you. Take care, Kyle. Cheers. Bye.